Welcome back, everyone, to the Our Outdoors portion of your weekend. I am your host, Nick Simonson, outdoors writer, with my materials online at NewsDakota.com and DakotaEdge.com, keeping you up to date on all the developments out there on the ice, in the field, and online. Get all the information that you need to connect with the best fishing of the season. Obviously, we're here in the middle of February, uh, crunch time, the middle of winter, so to speak. We got the thaw yet a few weeks out, spring. Uh, Oh, it's blissfully in sight, but it also seems so far away. If you're planning those spring fishing trips, now's the time. Get your tackle ready. And of course, if you're not planning those spring fishing trips and trying to live in the moment like we're all encouraged to do, there's a lot of great ice fishing out there. You can still find those fish. As things get closer towards that spring melt, you know, those pike are going to start firing up under the ice. Those tip-up activities will be golden when it comes to catching those big old snakes and gators underneath the ice. And there's, of course, that great fishing for pre-spawn, I guess it would be pre-spawn walleyes a lot of good opportunities out there the bite will pick up there's probably some great bites going on all around you perch walleyes whatever it might be under the ice but you know a lot of folks are concerned at this point in the year i think we've forgotten what a tough winter looks like and so when we see the snow that we have on the landscape particularly in the eastern portion of north dakota you're going to have a little bit of a worry about how those fish will fare is there a chance of winter kill what are those dissolved oxygen levels and those type of concerns that surround fish survival over our generally difficult winters, which, you know, we've kind of been spared in the last few years. For that reason, we've got BJ Kratz coming on with us after the break. He is a Southeast Fisheries District Supervisor for the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. He's going to take us through some of the science behind our fisheries and the dissolved oxygen for these places that host perch, pike, and walleyes, and what fish tolerate those conditions the best, and maybe why we don't have to worry so much this winter. That's coming up right after the break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, if you're looking forward to spring, you know, join the club. I think we're all anticipating a warm-up here and enjoying a little bit of bump in the temperatures for the weekend. And looking at our fisheries, we're kind of in that touch-and-go position. And for that, we have with us B.J. Kratz, North Dakota Game and Fish Department, handling our fisheries there in the southeast. B.J., welcome to the show. Thanks, Nick. We're looking at particularly the southeast fisheries, a lot of snow in the region, and it's been a tough run for the eastern portion of North Dakota this winter. What concerns do you have? for some of the smaller fisheries there, especially with last year's lower water levels? Typically, our smaller, shallower lakes are more more susceptible to, you know, winter kills, and particularly when you have, as you mentioned, drier conditions. And in the lower water levels, you just have a little less bank, so to speak, of oxygen going into the winter. Those shallower lakes that have dense vegetation and algae growth in the summer are kind of the ones that tend to be more prone to potential winter kill than others. You know, we're about 90 to 150 percent of normal as far as precipitation goes over the southeast district. So it's not horrible yet. We had some pretty good thawing weather last week, and that can really help this time of year. Yeah, it certainly can. When you look at it, and it's tough year to year to remember where the winters compare to other winters we've experienced, but in your mind and your experience, where does this winter rank in comparison to others that might have done some damage with low oxygen and winter kills in the past? We had some issues in 2018, and winter kill is something that's very difficult, if not impossible, to predict. It's not necessarily reflective of lots of snow or super cold temperatures or, you know, more cloudy days and sunny days uh, or low water levels or high water levels. So, I mean, there's just so many variables that come into play that it's very, very hard to say what normal is. But, you know, as mentioned, the more snow that we have 
early on, that is late November and then through December, the more likely on the average that we could have winter kill issues. But we didn't really have a lot of snow until that latter part of December, which has helped a little bit. Yeah, and there's some science behind it as well. As we're addressing that, maybe for those who aren't familiar with the process of winter kill and how dissolved oxygen drops in the water, give us a brief science and chemistry behind that. How does a winter kill happen? First of all, there's two sources typically of oxygen, dissolved oxygen, and that would be you know, your atmospheric oxygen that's there, obviously, during open water periods, and then you have plants, and that's a you know, photosynthesis. So in the wintertime, when the lid gets put on the bowl, so to speak, you really only have one source of adding oxygen to the water after it freezes up, and that's plants. So depending on your, you know, your light penetration and your water clarity and ice thickness and so forth, you can have varying degrees of photosynthesis through the winter. But, you know, the better fall you have, that is, the more oxygenated that water can be and mixed up, the better. If you can literally saturate all of the water with oxygen through the fall turnover, if you will, you basically have a pretty good bank going into the winter. And not all winters start out equally. You know, when you have, you know, a light skim of ice and you get some snow on it, that forms that opaque ice. And then it really has the potential to limit any additional oxygen that's going to be produced through the winter by plants. And, and that organic matter that rots through the winter is what really sucks the oxygen out. If you do a profile on a lake, you'll find most often that the oxygen is lowest at the bottom, you know, and increases as you go up. And it's pretty predictable that as the bottom gets worse and worse and goes anaerobic without oxygen, it kind of just pushes up really slowly and it starts impacting the entire water column. There are certain levels that some fish can tolerate and others that certainly can't. Uh, what fish are better able to withstand those lower dissolved oxygen levels and what fish are more sensitive to it or are more likely to be the first to die off? We have fish such as fathead, the fathead minnow happens to be a very tolerant species of low dissolved oxygen. We probably can all uh, account for that being that as fishermen, we, we see how t tough those things are when it comes to surviving in a bait bucket. Also, bullheads are uh, right there too. So those two species are very tolerant of very low oxygen. Now you go to the other end of the spectrum and you have you know bass, largemouth bass, Bluegill, walleye tend to be, you know, one of the least tolerant of low dissolved oxygen. And then you, you know, you go down a little farther, you have pike and perch, which tend to be a little more tolerant of lower oxygen. And crappies actually can be pretty good at finding adequate oxygen when the conditions are, are tough. Also a pretty good order of uh, what, what species are pursued more often than others. We're talking with Supervisor of Southeast Fisheries District, B.J. Kratz, with the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. Uh, B.J., with winter always a concern, uh, the, the, the department does a great job of checking on the lakes, uh, especially our smaller ones. Uh, what's the timeline for that process now here in February going into March? We typically have found our oxygen becomes about the lowest uh, the last two weeks in February. So right now, as I speak to you and, and next week, are truly the, the crunch time, if you will. And as I mentioned before, you know, we did have a little break last week. We got some good thawing weather, cut down a lot of the snow. So we'll be out checking quite a few different lakes. We know that 
typically aren't real good through the winter, and we just kind of use those as our indicator. And if those lakes are still kind of hanging on, we really don't worry about you know checking the lakes that are typically better. And what's the process? What sort of uh, tools and, and equipment do you use in, in getting that uh, determination? Basically punch a hole in the ice. We have a couple different things we do. We, we get an estimate of snow depth and snow cover on the ice sheet itself, uh, measure the ice thickness, and then we also collect water transparency measurements just using a, a Secchi disc. And then we have electrical instrument that tells us conductivity, pH, dissolved oxygen, temperature, and we'll run that down. It's just basically a probe, and we'll we'll check every one meter of depth until we get to that area close to the bottom. And then if oxygen is typically below two, then I'll have the guys, or we'll go out and survey a little more of the lake, because sometimes, not very often, you will actually have parts of a lake that can be substantially different than just one, one area. So we like to be a little more thorough when we're getting down to that two parts per million. Sure. And is two kind of the magic number? When you get below two, do you think there's a chance this lake could winter kill versus lakes above two, you figure they're safe? Kind of miraculously, fish are pretty tough. When we have two, it's not good. And there might be some partial fish killed, but usually if you can be two or better, we'll get through the winter. And when I say two or better, that's like I mentioned during crunch time, which is in the February. When you get below two and you get into that one part, that's when you're probably going to see some dead fish. It's good to have that baseline to go with. We're talking with Southeast Fisheries District Supervisor B.J. Kratz of the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. There's some physical features, too, uh, I've heard or anecdotally scent being one of them. When you punch that hole, is there something like scent or color of the water or something along those lines that sets you off right away that raises that red flag of concern? Yeah, you know, that classic rotten egg smell, sulfate, uh, hydrogen sulfide gas, those things are tend, tend to be in, indicative of no oxygen. People probably, it's no different than if, if you've ever drilled a hole in shallow water or, or walked through a muddy slough or something and you smell that odor, and that's basically an odor produced when there's no oxygen in the sediments and stuff. And so that's one odor. And I've actually found over the years that you, you may not, you know, maybe after the oxygen starts to improve slightly, like early March or so, so on and so forth, you can actually smell a fishy odor to the water in a lot of places where winter kill has happened. Uh, But we wouldn't know it if we missed it, but you can technically sometimes smell the kind of a scent, a weak scent of fish in the water. Sure. And then when we're talking about spring and the ice is gone, is there a method where anglers can contact you or the Game and Fish Department to report fish kills? Yeah, that's always good, too, because if, in fact, you know, we suspect a winter kill on on a particular lake, we'll try to get out and and do a winter kill assessment to kind of give us a better idea of how we might be able to get that fishery back into production, you know, as quickly and as efficiently as possible. But you just go on our website, the gf.md.gov, and uh, you can just click on About Us and then click Contact Us. And then you can just fill in some information there, what you see and what lake, and uh, contact information, and we can get after it. Otherwise, you can just dial 701-328-6300 number, and that's the main office in Bismarck, and they can usually direct your call to the respective biologist or supervisor, and then they'll take it from there. Great to have those outreach mechanisms for sportsmen to to help out with the process. BJ, we thank you so much for the work that you do out there. Uh, Good luck with the surveys here, and our fingers are crossed. And most importantly, thanks for being on the show today. You bet, Nick. Thank you.
So while it is crunch time, as BJ put it, there is no need to push that panic button just yet. Crews will be out sampling some of those more sensitive lakes, those smaller lakes, to find out where our oxygen levels are headed into the trough of winter as we go into the melt of March. So stay tuned. I'm sure that information will be available. You'll certainly hear about it if there are issues of winter kill. Otherwise, keep getting out there, get on those fish, have a ton of fun, and make sure you take a kid with you. And if you do, I know I'll see you in our outdoors.